The Drake FM Podcasting Hub presents the Ask Lawyer Bill Podcast with Bill Jones and Scott Jones, attorneys at law. Thanks for downloading. Now here's Lawyer Bill. And thank you. Uh, it is time for another Ask Lawyer Bill Podcast. With me as always is my brother, Christopher Scott Jones. How are you this afternoon, Scott? Doing good, man. It's been a week. It has. It's felt like, I told somebody the other day, it's kind of felt like a Monday all week long, but I think some of it is just the weather going from hot to cold, hot to cold has played havoc on my sinuses. Yeah, I'm kind of in the position of, uh, I feel like I've lived a week this month, or lived a month this week is the correct way to say it. it it's been a long one long enough that you can't even get the saying right well that's right because it's even the weather too you know like you said uh, i think the first couple of days this week it's just been dreary and overcast and hot and cold well so your your tigers are out of the tournament yeah i'm sorry for you i'm sorry for the city of memphis it's always good for business when we go a little further um so sorry sorry for the tigers yeah then you know i was at least hoping that the team that beat us would have beat tennessee but that didn't happen either no so uh what happened last week uh, there was a a little mix-up a technical difficulty and last week in our second amendment uh podcast we announced a will special that we were going to run but it didn't get posted until later in the week, and we want to make sure that uh, folks have the opportunity to take advantage of that. So we're going to extend that special to April 15th uh, just to give some people some time to get in on it because there was a week between uh, when, when we got this in and when it was posted. So, Scott, tell them about that. Yeah, so what we what we did is we kind of said, you know, as a give back to Drake Digital, we're going to offer that special, um, and our normal rate is six hundred dollars for a single wheel package, or eleven hundred dollars if you do a couples uh, reciprocal package. Um, but for they call and mention the special, we're going to give it to you for four hundred for an individual and seven fifty for that reciprocal wheel. Yeah, so that's. We generally only do that uh, Christmas, and sometimes we don't even go that low. So uh, it's a great opportunity for you guys to come out. A will, we've talked about that ad nauseum. It's something everybody needs. So if you haven't done it, please uh, give us a call. Let us know that you heard us on Drake Digital. That's the only way to get that discount. Uh, You don't have to come in before the 15th, but you do have to book your appointment by the 15th. All right, so there's your commercial. Let's get on with the podcast. Last week, uh, we started our run with the Second Amendment, where we're talking about some of your constitutional rights. We saved the First Amendment for this week, and I think we'll get through with it. Uh, There's a chance that this could be a two-parter, and the reason is is because this this is the big one. Uh, This is where most of your arguments come from i tried to do a google search last night on the number of united states supreme court cases uh, federal cases that have centered on an issue involving the first amendment and i was unable to come up with a number that could be verified there are that many cases out there it's insanity yeah well and if you remember you know um it's been a while for you, but when you study for the bar, this is traditionally the whole constitutional law is 
one of the most difficult aspects to study for because it's so amorphous. You know, it's so uh, you you can you know philosophize on it and, and think outside the box because there are so many cases. So it does make it hard to ever get down to an actual hard answer. Yeah. Well, and it's also subjective because it's language. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to in- interpret language here. So in uh, J- July uh, 1776, July 4th, that's when they uh, signed the Declaration of Independence into place. We picked up. We were a free country doing our own thing. And then uh, we decided that in drafting the Constitution, there were a couple of things that we had left out. So we drafted amendments to the Constitution. Uh, Those came into being December 15th, 1791. The first 10 amendments to the Constitution came about. We call that the Bill of Rights, and it contains guarantees uh, omitted in the crafting of the original Constitution. At that point in time, you're always going to leave some stuff out of an original draft. Our founders left ways to add stuff to the Constitution, and they did. Last week, we discussed the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Uh, we discussed that at length, and we think you're going to see more cases about that coming up. And this week, we want to talk to you about the First Amendment. So let's briefly talk about what the First Amendment says. The actual word-for-word print from it is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So let's start with why we have each kind of each one of those things. Why were these uh, issues for for our founding fathers? So the first was Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Well, if you remember, we were once part of the British monarchy before we seceded. Um, when that occurred, we were part of the Angelical Church, the Anglican Church, the Church of England. And you were required to go to church. There were certain penalties if you didn't go to church. You could be penalized. If you were Jewish, you could be denied the right to marry. Uh, if, because if you, weren't, if you were Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever, uh, you could be fined and imprisoned uh, for, for dissenting and failing to go to church. So it was very important to the Founding Fathers that Congress could not make a religion uh, statewide for the entire for the entire nation or for the entire state. Excuse me. <coughs> so then you've got. Um, in addition to that, they can't prohibit you from exercising your religion. So they can't say that you can't go and join um, a ministry or a religion and. This has gotten complex over, over time, too, because you have newer churches like, what is the Rastafarian or the Postafarian religion? 
the spaghetti monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you remember, I always go back to it, and it's uh, you like that show Justified that I watch too. I love it. And, and he taught one of the first episodes. He talks about the the guy that uh, he owns the or he is the the preacher at the temple of the cool and beautiful JC, which believes the only way to communicate is to smoke weed with the Lord. Uh, but, but it's that type deal. It's a, you know, is it a valid religion or is it not? So that's that's become a question over time. Yeah. Um, or abridging the freedom of speech. So you couldn't speak out against certain things. And this has come under, this is where we're probably going to spend most of our time or a lot of our time today. Uh, but it, it guarantees you the right to have free speech. Now, we're going to talk about what that right is, actually. Um but that was an issue because you couldn't speak out against the crown and the kingdom without facing repercussions. Uh, part of the, the Boston Massacre was a group of dissenters who were fired upon for speaking ill uh, of, of the, the king and, and her guard. So um, it was important to our new country for us to be able to think and address things and Think for ourselves and be able to communicate those. But again, we're going to spend most of our time there. Um, the next is, or of the press. Well, it was the same thing with like speech. The press is not what we we consider when we say the word press. It is not only news organizations and media outlets. It's also publications of any kind. That would be books, uh, pamphlets, things of that nature. So it's not just, you know, the, the news anchors. Yeah, you know, with everything that's going on on Capitol Hill right now, we won't get too political on it, but there's a lot of talk about Twitter. Um, with everything that's been going on, is Twitter a a traditional news outlet? Is it a social media platform? Do they have a certain responsibility? Do they not? If they have that responsibility, um, are, are they permitted to to stifle certain speech or promote certain speech are there conditions that are on them so yeah your the definition of what is press is even looser now than it was when this was written yeah um but back then you couldn't publish certain pamphlets or things speaking ill against the crown uh you couldn't report things so they wanted to make sure that that was a right that we had then the right of the people to peaceably assemble that's always been an issue where you get like-minded issue, like-minded people together. Well, if if they don't think the same way that you think, you don't want them to get together. Uh, you've had, you know, in recent memory, I can think, or not recent memory, but I can think of the uh, the KKK rallies. Why do people? Why do they get to march? You've got the Westboro Baptist Church. Why do they get to do their stuff? Uh, you've got, you know, cer- certain people are against the the gay pride parades or the transgender parades, all that stuff. But again, it's it, it, they have a right to assemble peacefully any organization just because you don't think the same way that they do. It does not take away that right. Well, and that's true. But I think I think you go back and you say people people don't often realize constitutional law is a very tricky issue. So while Westboro can do those things they, they do, you've got issues with, for instance, you know, you can have a, a, a rally in a public park or whatever, but there are, there are levels of what you can say and where you can say it. Um, so, so yes, while you're free to do that, you got to keep it, and I'm sure we're going to get deeper into that, but th- there are restrictions. So it's not just a, 
a, yeah, right. a, a flat out, you know, I can assemble wherever I want to and, and, and do whatever I want to because it's a public place. What's public? What's not public? What should you be expected to be able to use as a taxpayer versus a piece of private land? So I'm, I'm still just going over history at this point. That's how complex this issue is. So historically, uh, they had that because there were rules against where you could assemble uh, where you couldn't. And lastly is the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's basically the right to sue the government. Uh, we didn't have that right, obviously, when, when we were under King, under King George. We had to get, do whatever the mandates were. We could say, please, 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 but we did not have the right to sue them. Uh, and, and they wanted to, our founding fathers wanted to make sure that we had that right. So let's briefly, briefly go over all of them um, just quickly. So freedom of the press is publication. Um, there's an exception to that. That's no defamatory statements. Freedom of religion, we can establish. Um, you can't establish a state religion. Assembly, you can peacefully assembly. You can petition the court. And then the big one is speech. Uh, Let's go back, if you don't mind, let's go sure. back to because some of that gets kept, like you said, confusing. Hit the first one. What was the first one you said? You're, you're good except with defamation, right? Publication. So you can, uh, you, freedom of the press, you're free to publish anything that you would like. Okay, so you can publish anything you like. Now, we have already said there's exceptions and limitations on it. So defamation, we just saw this with Johnny Depp and, and Amber Heard. That suit was based around some defamation. Uh, so you see that th there is action on the back end. It's not always punishable in a court of law, but your redress could be a civil action. But wait a second. Yeah. So that's separate. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard has nothing to do with constitutional law. And that's where people get into it sometimes. The Constitution, you're right, it has everything to do with defamation. So that case gives us a great. Defin definition of what defamation looks like but from a constitutional setting um, all, all that all that the constitution the first amendment does is says the government can't punish you for your speech other individuals like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you can sue somebody for their speech yeah they're they're so far removed from one another i get that they're not related but technically they are because that's just a civil redress for for a statute that's in place but i won't get into that it's like what you said though so defamation right you talk about publication there's different rules for who you publicize about if you publicize about me and i'm not a public figure and i'm not up for grabs i'm not putting myself in the spotlight spotlight there's a separate set of restrictions um, that apply or protections that apply to private individuals versus somebody that holds themselves out in the public light. Um, for instance, that, you know, you can get on and say just about whatever you want to about, uh, anybody, a late night show personality or something like that. And you get up and you say something so outrageous. I think you saw something about this in uh, the people versus Larry Flint. That's I, I, I'm over here flipping through my notes. Yeah. Yeah. The people going to that. And it's the part where uh, I love the scene in the courtroom where the lawyer has Larry Flynn on the court on the stand, and he asks him. He says, uh, "So wait a minute." He says, "You don't think 
that any, or I'm sorry, it's when he has Jerry Falwell on the stand. And they say, you don't think there's any way would believe that you actually had, you know, intercourse with your mother as this alcohol ad said. And he goes, no, that's what I've been trying to tell you. There's no way anybody would believe that. So if nobody would believe it, it's not actionable. Um, but, right, but, so, but 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 if it was something that somebody could have believed and it was a lie, it could have been actionable. So if you haven't seen the film, uh, the the brief history of it here is it's a 1988 case, Hustler magazine. That those were before the days of uh, cell phones and computers. People bought pornography in magazine form, and there was a magazine called Hustler. So Hustler Magazine published a parody of a liquor advertisement where the Reverend Jerry Falwell was depicted in a lewd manner. I think he was, was he screwing a goat or something? No, it was his mother. Okay. Uh, A unanimous, (laughs) all righty. A unanimous United States Supreme Court ruled that a public figure must show that actual malice was committed by a publication in order to recover money for intentional infliction of emotional distress. The court there ruled that political cartoons and satire have played a prominent role in public and political debate. Um, so that was, that was a big part of free speech where we talked about publication and what constitutes defamation. Well, if, if showing a minister fornicating with his mother is not defamation then you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to come up with something pretty dead gum specific to get defamation well and that's what i said i think it differs but you know back in the day jerry falwell was the name in the game um as far as van evangelical i guess television shows or whatever goes but he he held himself out in the public eye um you see the same thing with you know, uh, politicians, um, you get mudslinging ads and stuff. So you can say those things, but you, you can't necessarily say those things about a private individual because some of those, and we hadn't touched on it, it's weird, they lie in a little gray area in the law in my mind. They lay in that invasion of privacy, and there's a couple of different causes of action under there like, uh, you know, invasion upon seclusion and things like that. But it, there, there are. I think it's interesting to me that there are protections for, for people, private individuals. But then you, you, if I hold myself out in the public, I'm now open to certain statements being made about me, even if they're not true. Do, do you and I doing this podcast? Have we held ourselves up to the public? Can anybody say anything about us now? I would be willing to say this: that, uh, and my pride will allow me to admit this in the moment. But Lawyer Bill is a persona. Lawyer Bill is open uh, to things. You you have garnered. I've been enough places with you that I've heard people who that's how they think that is your name. They yeah. think that's what's on your birth certificate. Now, as your brother, I usually chuckle and laugh at it. Um, but it, you know, generally speaking, it, it, would a C. Scott Jones have the protections? I think so. Would you? I, it would depend on the nature of the statement that was made, I, I think. If it was local, something that affected you. So let's say somebody comes out and they were to levy some type of crazy thing and said, well, Lawyer Bill is a this, 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 and he did this. If that adversely affected your business um, and it's not true, even if you held yourself out, you could have a suit. Sure. 
But but it, that's what I said. It depends on the nature of what they say. So the basic thing is that, that the First Amendment is going to allow you to publish darn near anything that you want. I think that's the best way to me. That's how this issue, I keep it clear in my mind, is I say, all right, everything, everything and anything goes. Everything's allowed. And then it's just better to go back and start chipping away at the exceptions because not everything is allowed. So it's easier to just say, you can say whatever you want about whoever you want and then just chip away at it. So if you think about it, there's so many areas that chip away, though, it's really not you can say anything you want anymore. So let's let's chip away. I think we just chipped away at the freedom of the press. Um, the, the right that it talks to to petition the government for a redress of grievances, that's not really up for debate. You can sue your... You can sue the state if if you think that they're imposing on their, your rights. You can sue them. We just saw this um, in in when where was it the um, the Roe v. Wade decision? Um, what was it? Dobbs versus Dobbs uh, versus Mississippi Mississippi Board of Health. I forget the full name. Uh, it's the well, it's the Jackson something. It's the actual members not far from the law school we went to. It's yeah. like a pink building or something. But, uh, but whatever the name of that facility is, is the, well, the name of it. You've got folks that are about to sue Memphis and, and our, you know, our police department over the Tyree Nichols case. So you, you've got the right to petition your government. You've got the right to sue your government and ask for a change. Um, that's, that's not really, you know, in, in controversy and never, I don't know that it has been much. Then you've got... Um, the freedom to assemble, assemble peacefully, the right of the pe- people to peaceably to assemble. So this is where what you see all the time, where you see protesters standing out in front of the Capitol. Uh, we saw, you know, two summers ago or three summers ago, we saw all the, the Trump rallies and protests in Washington. We've seen the Black Lives Matters marches, the Me Too marches. All of these folks have a, have the right to peacefully assemble and march. So what? That's the whole kit and caboodle for the January sixth deal. Is they're saying it was not a peaceful assembly, and I I watched it with my own eyes. It didn't look extremely peaceful to me. Well, at, and that's the thing that you know. This is issue spotting one hundred and one when you yeah. come down to legal stuff, and it's things we see that other people don't see. To me, that's not. If you combine it with the politics, that's not what they're arguing about. What they're arguing about is, did the, and I guess this is a good segue, did anybody at any point in time during that say words or phrases that would incite violent action? Because that that's one of the chip aways we just got. I don't, I don't know if we're ready to jump into that. but No, that's, we, we're going to go straight there because um, we're – we're going to get into religion a little bit more. The the um, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. We've talked clearly about why that is, why, why the official religion of the United States of America will never be Muslim or Baptist or Buddhist or the, the establishment, whatever. It's just never going to be. It's it's never going to be established. Um, and you're also never going to be prohibited from 
from assembling and worshiping. Now, there's that gets a little bit deeper, uh, where you've got some state-run institutions where uh, the there was one case where uh, the Ten Commandments were allowed in a park, but not at a courthouse, uh, and it it goes back to some history and and basically some usage concepts in those states but we're gonna we're gonna key right now in on free speech um, because I think it is the most misunderstood section of the uh, First Amendment because if you ask and I've asked I've spent my last week kind of um, just polling folks that I've seen out and about around town and I've, I've have not um, made any distinction between asking educated folks and idiots. I've just kind of asked everybody to get a, a idea of what people think the First Amendment and free speech is. And the general consensus out there is that I, I have the right to say whatever I want to whomever I want about whatever I want whenever I want. I think everybody generally understands, though, and this will jump in with my little bit of research that I kind of did, um, Schneck v. United States. That's the one that we, you know, when you're in con, con law and law school, they say, well, you can say anything you want, but you can't yell fire in a movie theater. Right. And and that's that's the case where a bunch of it comes from because – in that incident, there was, you know, some guy wanted for an, an ulterior purpose to clear out a movie theater or for jokes or laughs or whatever it was. So he yells fire in the middle of a crowded movie theater. This is way, way back, I think, 20s. Um, so you wind up with uh, you wind up with a bunch of people getting hurt in, in the mad rush out of there. And they say, all right, well, you, you can't yell fire in a movie theater i can yell whatever i want to this is america i can say what i want to and they said you can but what you did was you did you yelled something that hurt somebody else i think everybody generally understands the premise you can freedom in this country means you can do just about anything you want to as long as it doesn't hurt or harm someone else and that's where i think some of that distinction grows from yeah, so the exceptions to first, so the first concept that you have to wrap your head around, and I, I admit sometimes, look, as Americans, we love our freedom. We love to the, the, this, this thought process that we are free and we are free to do whatever we want. And you, you misread the distinction sometimes. So here it is. I'm going to say it again. The First Amendment only guarantees your right not to be punished by the government, by the government, I'm going to say that again, by the government for your speech. Uh, the exceptions to that, the government can punish you and restrict your speech if it is obscenity. Now, there's a a lot of case law and a lot of dividing lines on obscenity, and I don't think that obscenity is really a big issue anymore. Um, you you think that? See, now when you start running into obscenity, though, I, that's not always just. Well, let me go. Let me yeah, go through the go exceptions ahead. first. Yeah, go ahead. So the exceptions are obscenity, true threats. Uh, let me see. Um, statements 
uh, to uh, statements that are made to um, have imminent lawlessness, uh, and that's it. Le- Fun trivia question. Oh, and defamation. We already covered All right, that. so I want to go back real quick. I meant to bring this up, talk on the defamation just real quick. Now, defamation is an exception, right? So you can say whatever you want to, except defamation. However, there's an exception to the exception, and that is if you are a government official standing in your official house or your body, you have immunity. You can literally say things that are not true in that body and not worry. As long as you're in the, the confines of the chamber, you can say whatever you want to, true or not. And there is no penalty for you in that room. So there, there are exceptions to exceptions on everything was my point. And that's why I was saying, I mean, you, you, you can get back into that, but I, I meant to touch base on that and say, as complicated as it is, you were talking about that's an exception. Some of them, there are exceptions that flip it back where you can do the thing that it just told you where you can't do it. One of the, uh, there, there's always exceptions to everything, but the question is, and why there are so many cases, is because we're trying to interpret whether something fits into one of these, you know, round holes. One of these pegs, do, do these pegs fit in? Is this language obscene? Is it a true threat or is it just kind of a threat? If I say I'm going to come over there and, and whoop you, is that a true threat? Well, and that touches to your point about what's obscene. Isn't, isn't it kind of it in the eye of the, I guess, speaker and listener? Well, how did, this, how did the Supreme Court define porn? You know it when you see it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. Right? Yeah. Um, it's all in how we interpret it. I mean, and language changes over the years, right? What may be offensive in one year may not be now. You know, when I was, I am old enough that I will tell you gay was a vocabulary word that I had. And the definition, the only definition for it was happy. It was probably 1987. I remember that thinking, Ha ha ha! I get to say this all I want, but it just meant happy back then. No cap. No, no cap. <laughs> uh, the the other thing was cool, right? It used to used to mean cold. Then it was cool. Then we said cool. Our kids say slate. Yeah, and before that, it was groovy. I mean, so language changes, and the content of it changes, and interpreting these things changes. So you have to be able to to look at historically why do we have these in in practice why do we have free speech why do we have the ability to speak out um, against our government and, and and things of that nature well so when i've got this great quote let me find it yeah so this is from thomas jefferson uh, truth is great and will prevail if left to herself. She is proper and she is the proper and sufficient antagonist to error and has nothing to, to fear from the conflict unless by human interposition disarmed of her natural weapons, free argument and debate. So the thought process here is we are people of conscience. We, we have the ability to think. We have the ability to reason things out. 
And if we are to reason things out, if we are to discuss them, then the answer, I think it was stated very succinctly by Justice, I think it was Justice Breyer, in the 1927 uh, Supreme Court case, Whitney versus California. In this case, Charlotte Whitney was a member of the Socialist Party and a former member of the Communist Labor Party. Justice Louis Brandeis writes in his opinion a passage that is a fundamental first American principle. Here it is. If there be time to expose through discussions the falsehoods and fallacies to avert the evil by the process of education, the remedy to be applied is more speech, not enforced silence. So what, what he's saying there if I take cool and make it sound like slay today, if I put a modern spin on what he's saying, is if we want to get to the bottom of an issue and find out what is true and what is false, we need to speak about it even more and not impose laws saying you can't discuss this at all. See, and I've always... That's... You know, we talk about how opposed the two political sides are nowadays and i find that both sides have their issues but when you're talking about when when you when you restrict something like what you just said or when you do that you you force somebody they're not changing their mind about it they're not changing anything they're just talking about it in a back room now and you're creating that whatever that culture is whatever that thing you've limited you've now forced it underground uh, because you, you haven't said it's illegal to talk about it. You just said you can't say these things this way in this forum. So all you've done is you've forced them out. That, let's be honest. If it's somebody who's uh, traditionally has some of these views, we see you know uh, KKK rallies or things like that or, or where, they're, where they're putting out hate speech, I want those people out in the light of the day. I want to see as many of them as I can. Let's have an open public debate. I would like to know where you stand on it. If that person stands in there, then I know where to put you in my mind of you are a danger. You aren't a danger. I, I can look at my kids and say, you shouldn't think this, even though they're being allowed to say it versus, you know, they're 25 and they hear it for the first time when they're in college and they just grab onto it and run with it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's look, it's one of these issues where you want to, you cannot say whatever you want online. You're, that, your right to go online and say whatever you want, is, it's not protected by the First Amendment. That's why Facebook, why Twitter, they police themselves. They're corporations. They're yeah, not the you, government. This was one thing I pulled from Cornell. This was the quick, uh, the quick three forums. We talk about forums. You know, We're here in Memphis. We hear FedEx Forum. But these are forums for speech. So you hear them talk about traditional public forums. These are public parks, sidewalks, areas that are traditionally open to political speech and debate. Okay, So that's where you have your strongest First Amendment rights Okay, to, to say whatever you want to. But then you go to what's a designated public forum. So that's when the government opens some public property for public expression, even though the public generally... Uh, isn't isn't allowed in there. So courthouse, um, if you want to have a, a press statement, 
know, from inside the courthouse. Typically, that's not something that's allowed, but we can do it now. And typically, that is a public forum, but now we've designated it, you're going to be able to do this. Um, then the last is a non-public forum. So that's private, right? That's what, what can you say... Uh, what can you say in the walls of your own business? What what can you do there? Uh, to be quite honest, there are a lot of places where you know you see people on signs say, "It's my place, it's my joint. I can say whatever I want to." Ninety nine percent, he he's right. Um, but those are the different, the three different kind of categories you have are public private and then things that are publicly owned taxpayer money they're not typically a venue we give somebody for speech but we'll allow it this time prime example would be the gym of a public school for a political debate sure typically we don't allow political debates to happen in schools but it is a public facility and we will designate it as a forum for this what about hate speech so is hate First off, is hate speech protected? Do you think it's protected by the First Amendment? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you have a right to be an idiot and have a hateful heart if you want to. My belief is that our, our rules here, our laws here on earth are here to make sure that, you know, we abide a certain way. I feel like if, if you want to be able to go out and say a bunch of public, you know, hate speech, you should be able to do that. In my mind, I, I believe that you're going to be judged one day based upon that and i hope your 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 if you believe in an entity or even your your fellow man judge you less harshly than you have judged them by saying those things so the question is why in 1977 a federal court allowed a nazi group to march through skokie illinois a village where former holocaust survivors lived so why are we going to allow hate speech like that? Well, the, the answer is not because the general public supports it, thinks it's right. There's, some not, there's not some vast conspiracy. It's because the danger is if we start cutting out certain types of speech, then when a person in power that disagrees with you wants to cut off your speech, your rights are protected. Yeah, and I think it's, look, it's a long jump from what you just said, but I'll put it this way. You start telling people what they can't say in the timeline of humanity, society, whatever you want to call it, you're not, you have just crossed over the threshold where you're not far from having book-burning parties. Sure. I mean, you're talking... 1940s Nazi Germany. You're talking Fahrenheit 451. Because now if I've told you what you can say, now I can tell you what you can read. Now I'll say what can be printed. Um, th those are statements and stuff too, but now you're going to have outlawed books. Um, uh, to me, that's just... that that's too, To start limiting things, what people can say, like what you just stated, that's the concern, I think, is that you start doing that. It's not what it does in that moment. It's what it opens the door to. It's the precedent that it sets. And, and history has shown you, if you try to do that, it usually doesn't turn out too good. Egyptian pharaohs, sometimes when they moved in after battles, they would have the likenesses and the images of their predecessor that they conquered struck from, from the stone and the book. So, so they're not there. But we're still talking about the people they had struck because they didn't stay in power, the people that took them over. 
So in the history of time, I think you see you can try to cover it up all you want to, but it's going to lead to conflict trying to limit what somebody can say like that. So in closing, if you want to sue your government, you can. If you want to get together with like-minded individuals for a religious club, a social club, or a political club, go for it. You can If you want to do a podcast like Scott and I and discuss political events, you've got freedom of the press. Go for it. If you want to have free speech, you can. Uh, But it does not mean, look, when we talk our free speech, the government can't stop us from saying anything. The licensing board that prohibits, that that rules our our cards and our uh, license to practice law well, they, they kind of give us some rules about what we can and can't say. And if we say something stupid, our clients or you, the public, who we're trying to get to come and use our services, you can choose not to use us. So they're, we're, we're not bulletproof. We can say whatever we want, but we have to face the repercussions just like everybody else. It's just Uncle Sam that can't come after us. Well, and just to touch one thing, remember you said, yeah, you can sue your government, but don't forget... While people get sometimes frustrated with the Constitution, don't forget about the 11th Amendment, sovereign immunity, which actually tells you that sometimes you cannot sue your We're, government. There, there's, there's so much within con law. It, it, Second Amendment, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Miranda rights, Sixth Amendment, all those things. There's a reason all of this is such a heated thing. It's because there's so much gray area. Well, we're going to get into all of them eventually, but for now... The takeaway that I want, although the saying here is we don't discuss religion and politics uh, in polite company, I I think what what Jefferson has said, what has been said by the court, is if you want to get to the truth of the matter, discuss it often, loud, and fiercely. And eventually the truth should become self-evident. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. If you've got something that you'd like us to discuss in the future, drop us an email. Don't forget about the Will Package Special. Now we're going to return you to some Drake Digital. We'll see you next time.